everyone. Happy Halloween and welcome to the Fantasy Consigliere Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Chapin. As I've done over the past couple of weeks, I'll hit every game on the Week 8 slate, starting with Packers at Cardinals on Thursday night. Devontae Adams being placed on the COVID list on Monday likely knocks him out for this week, so that's a definite downgrade for Aaron Rodgers. And we'll see if Green Bay tries to have more balance with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon on the ground to keep Kyler Murray off the field. Last season, Alan Lazard was great in place of Adams, and he's at least a strong wide receiver three for this week. I'd also be keeping an eye on the status of Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who is currently on IR with a hamstring injury, as this field-stretching ability could be a boost for Rodgers in what will likely need to be a shootout against the Cardinals. For Arizona, their spread-the-wealth offense has Christian Kirk, A.J. Green, and Zach Ertz, all in play as strong starting options. And for the wideouts, Green Bay's banged-up secondary, especially at corner, gives Kirk and Green plenty of upside. And it will be interesting to see if Rondell Moore also gets more involved with first place in the NFC on the line. The best-case scenario for all fantasy options involved would be Rodgers still slinging it to make it a shootout against Murray. Moving to Sunday, Halloween Sunday, Jamar Chase has obviously been a superstar. Don't overlook T. Higgins as a strong wide receiver too. He actually led the team with 15 targets last week. And Joe Burrow has looked better and better coming off last season's knee injury. A case could be made for him as a top 10 option the rest of the way. I'm less bullish on the long-term outlooks for CJ Uzuma and Tyler Boyd. Uzuma has had a couple of big games recently, but I think he's still too boomer bust to be considered a tight end one. For the Jets, it's difficult to trust anyone with Mike White likely under center in place of Zach Wilson. And again, as I've said pretty much every week, I'd say they're a good buy-low team overall. Wilson, Elijah Moore, and Denzel Mims are all great targets in Dynasty Leagues. For an AFC South battle, Titans at Colts. Jonathan Taylor has seen increased playing time and touches. He just came off a season high in carries last Sunday night. So he's looking like the every week top five option that we were hoping for. Hopefully Indy is able to get T.Y. Hilton back. That'd be a big help. But if not, Michael Pittman Jr. will again be a strong wide receiver too. Tennessee's defense has really stepped up. But Carson Wentz hasn't been afraid to push the ball downfield. So both Pittman and Hilton, if he's healthy, should carry some upside. On the other side, hopefully you bought low on A.J. Brown when recommended. He showed last week he's a superstar talent, and it was clearly a mistake to jump overboard based on a slow start. We saw Brown dominate in 2019 and 2020, and there's no reason to expect last week won't parlay into a big, I guess, second half of the season. For Julio Jones, the outlook obviously isn't as optimistic. Still, I don't think you could sell, and I would hope the chemistry builds with Ryan Tannehill as the weeks pass. Next up, Rams at Texans. Fortunately, it sounds like Houston will get Tyrod Taylor back this week. And he'll boost the entire offense, including the rushing attack, because opponents will have to deal with his legs as well. That said, I'd find it difficult to trust Mark Ingram, David Johnson, or Philip Lindsay right now. And Brandon Cooks might be the only option to even consider because of the matchup. The Rams are the complete opposite, basically. Cooper Cup is the overall wide receiver one for week eight. Matthew Stafford is a borderline top five option. Daryl Henderson has been treated like the workhorse and should remain in lineups. Robert Woods is a low-end wide receiver, too. Tyler Higby is a top-12 option at tight end. And I'd say this could be a week where Deshaun Jackson gets loose for a deep ball, though he's more of a DFS Hail Mary with the hopes he could run under one. Now for what should be an intense game, Steelers at Browns. Nick Chubb is set to return this week, and he's immediately back in the RB1 ranks. Dearness Johnson was great last week, and he could still be a factor in Kareem Hunt's role, but it'd be a shock if Chubb didn't handle goal line carries for now. And the way Cleveland's offensive line opens holes, Makes him an RB1 regardless of opponent. That said, Pittsburgh should be rested coming off the bye. 
and their offense should have some things figured out. Look for them to play through Najee Harris, who I have as a top five option this week. And I'd like to see them get James Washington, who might not have been 100% prior to the bye, more involved. He was shut out in the finale last year when Pittsburgh didn't play all their guys. But in the previous two matchups against the Browns, Washington had lines of 4, 111, 1, and 4, 68, 1. So this could be a good matchup for him. Also, look for Pat Frymuth to remain the top tight end option for the Steelers ahead of Eric Ebron. Staying for the tight ends for Eagles at Lions, TJ Hawkinson has been quiet recently. Philadelphia is a great matchup. They just allowed a touchdown to Foster Moreau. And historically, the defense has struggled versus opposing tight ends. Assuming Rob Gronkowski is back for the Bucks, I have Hawkinson as my tight end four, but he'd be a top three option if Gronk is out. I believe I have Dallas Goddard as my tight end six, and I'd like to see the Eagles use more downfield route combinations for both him and Devontae Smith. Smith has hit a bit of a wall, but the talent is still there. I don't see anyone on the Lions roster that could cover him. For the running backs, Miles Sanders getting carted off last week leaves the status in serious doubt. And while most have turned to Kenneth Gainwell as a guy to own in Philadelphia, I wouldn't sleep on Boston Scott coming out with a big game. It feels like he'll either have something like four carries for nine yards or like a two or three touchdown performance. For running back needy teams, I'd be willing to take the risk. I have him as my RB27 and Gainwell as my RB29 right now. Now for a matchup between two struggling offenses, 49ers at Bears. I drafted Allen Robinson, I think in the fifth or sixth round. He lasted a little bit in my league, actually. I wasn't even that high on him this year, but I thought it was a steal. Apparently not. Play calling hasn't helped, but even on one of Robinson's receptions last week, he was standing there wide open, and it took Fields an extra second or two to even hit him. The talent of Robinson makes him a guy that I personally wouldn't drop. I'd be hoping for a trade, but I guess at this point, I would understand if anyone wanted to straight up drop him. I'd at least wait till the trade deadline, though. I highly doubt he resigns with the Bears. It makes sense to see what they could get for him on the trade market. The Niners also have someone that people might have already dropped or have strongly considered dropping in Trey Sermon. Again, I personally am going to hold on to him. I believe in the talent. That said, Sermon played zero offensive snaps last week. Jeff Wilson is also nearing a return. If it doesn't happen in redraft leagues, I'd at least buy in dynasty formats. Brandon Ayuk is another completely droppable, but it's a long season. So if you have the roster space, it might be worth just holding on to him. This week could get ugly for both sides offensively based on the struggles. So it might really be down to Debo Samuel, Elijah Mitchell, Khalil Herbert as the only guys worth playing in week eight. Moving on, Panthers at Falcons. Atlanta has really come alive offensively over the past couple of games, and the emergence of Kyle Pitts has been a big reason for that. With Darren Waller on a bye and George Kittle likely still out, I have Pitts as my tight end two for this week, and hopefully you're patient in the midst of a slow start. The hope is Pitts having back-to-back 100-yard games will force defenses to give less attention to Calvin Ridley, and he remains a strong buy-low option. For the Panthers, they've been a mess without Christian McCaffrey. He's also a buy-low option. If anything, the struggles for Carolina could lead to McCaffrey coming back to at least 25 touches a game, and he'd be my top target if I was looking ahead to the fantasy playoffs. For the wideouts, Robbie Anderson is too difficult to trust. The connection hasn't been there with Sam Darnold, but I have DJ Moore back in the wide receiver one ranks for this week. To close out the 1 p.m. slate, Miami at Buffalo. Whether or not the Dolphins have been healthy, they haven't played well in the back end, Josh Allen should be the top quarterback play of the week as he's torched Miami throughout his career, and the Bills should have a strong game plan coming out of the bye. I like Emmanuel Sanders to stay hot, and Tommy Sweeney could be a strong streaming option if Dawson Knox is indeed out with a broken hand. For Miami, they now sit at 1-6. They've lost six in a row since beating the Patriots in the opener, 
And while I think it's unfair how Tua Tagovailoa has been treated, he's played good football in back-to-back weeks since coming off IR, but it feels like Deshaun Watson will end up being a Dolphin, and I don't understand how the league seems to be ready to allow him to play, but he'll carry big time upside on the field. If you want to pick up Watson, now is the time to do it. And there's a good collection of weapons in Miami. It's a tough matchup this week for Mike Kosicki, but hopefully the jump ball that he caught last week in the end zone will lead to more opportunities like that. It should be a staple for Miami's offense, and he remains a top five option at tight end. For the late slate, Patriots at Chargers. Last year, everyone knows, 45 nothing game for New England. As Bill Belichick pointed out, though, it's not going to be the same result this year. Justin Herbert's a great quarterback, and you should keep him in lineups coming off the bye week. Out wide, Mike Williams should be healthier, but I expect he might be the guy that Bill Belichick tries to take away, so he's more of a low-end wide receiver one for week eight. For the Pats, Mac Jones was excellent last week. And so was Damian Harris, who had another 100-yard game and also found the end zone two more times. The Chargers have been willing to let opponents run on them, so Harris is an RB1 option, and Ramondre Stevenson being a healthy scratch bodes well for the chances of that remaining the case. For this week, I'd probably be avoiding all the wideouts for New England. Next, Jacksonville at Seattle. I like Trevor Lawrence as a rest-of-season pickup, playing good matchups. This week is a good one on paper, though the Seahawks played well on Monday night and it will be interesting to see how Urban Meyer has the Jags prepared coming off the bye. James Robinson needs to be the focal point, and when they throw, I like Marvin Jones as a low-end wide receiver two flex, and LaVisca Chenault missed on some opportunities in London, but the opportunities were there, and he should soon have a big game. For Seattle, we could see more of a split between Alex Collins and Rashad Penny, with Penny having a game under his belt since coming off IR. I'd say both guys are worth holding in redraft leagues with Chris Carson, and his stat is still a bit of a mystery. The NFC wildcard race is at least fairly open, so hopefully Carson is back following the Week 9 bye, along with Russell Wilson. Washington at Denver, Jerry Judy is now healthy for the Broncos, and the offense needs a definite spark to snap their four-game losing streak. As Troy Aikman pointed out last Thursday night, the offense, despite Teddy Bridgewater putting up some numbers, hasn't been good this year. Still, if the team was going to go to Drew Locke, last week would have been the chance with Teddy banged up, and hopefully the few extra days will have him closer to 100%. At running back, Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams both found the end zone. With Mike Boone waiting in the wings, I also wouldn't be surprised to hear Gordon's name come up in trade talks. That'd obviously be great for Javante's rest of season outlook, but they both should be considered low-end RB2 flex options as things currently stand. For Washington's offense, Terry McLaurin is the only pass catcher worth starting, but I'd be looking to Logan Thomas, who will hopefully return after the bye if he was dropped in your league. Thomas had a great start to the season, and Taylor Heineke will again look to him in the red zone whenever he's back. Now for perhaps a game of the week, Bucks at Saints. Antonio Brown not getting in any practice time last week wouldn't seem to be a good sign for his Week 8 status, but hopefully it was more of a rest thing to keep him off his feet in anticipation for this matchup versus the Saints. We should see Marshawn Lattimore shadowing Mike Evans, so Brown and Chris Godwin and hopefully Rob Gronkowski will be key targets for Tom Brady. And as always... I think you need to play everyone in the Tampa Bay offense. New Orleans will hope a strong showing from their defense on Monday night will carry into this week, but I wouldn't get my hopes up so Jameis Winston could be forced to open up the offense, which I'm sure he'd be happy doing. Winston and Traquan Smith definitely weren't on the same page in the first game together this year, but Sunday will be a good matchup against the banged-up Bucks, and downfield opportunities should be there for Smith. As stated for Deshaun Jackson, Probably too risky to play in redraft leagues, but as a DFS flyer, I like Smith this week. I also like Jawan Johnson at tight end. If you're going with a cheap option, the Bucks will have plenty of eyes on Alvin Kamara. 
So other guys will need to step up to make plays. And we can see Sean Payton use his screen game to get that accomplished. For Sunday Night Football, Dallas at Minnesota, the status of Dak Prescott with a calf injury needs to be monitored. But he'd be a must-start if active. And fantasy owners can think about picking up Kirk Cousins if available to pivot to him in case Dak is out. At running back, Tony Pollard was our top option on the waiver wire article this week. I'm shocked at how many leagues dropped him, but he's a premium handcuff in addition to having great standalone value in the Dallas offense. I don't think the potential return of Michael Gallup will be enough to push Pollard off the weekly flex radar. And again, Pollard should be owned in all leagues. The buy also came in a good time for the Vikings. Dalvin Cook is now a week healthier. He already looked great against Carolina in his last game, but now he should be closer to 100%. And this is another spot where the screen game could come to use against an aggressive Dallas defense. I think we'll see a top-heavy attack for Minnesota with Cousins, Cook, Adam Thielen, and Justin Jefferson being the only options worth starting. To close out Week 8, Giants at Chiefs on Monday night. Daniel Jones is a low-end QB1 in a potential shootout, and hopefully he gets at least one, and ideally all three, out of Kenny Galladay, Kadarius Toney, and Sterling Shepard back in the lineup. For Saquon Barkley, it sounds like another week, so Devontae Booker is an RB2 against Kansas City. And like Christian McCaffrey, Barkley is a good by-low target for teams looking ahead. The Chiefs had the worst performance of the Patrick Mahomes era in Week 7, but Mahomes was a QB1 before last week, and there's no reason to panic in terms of numbers. The real-life play of the offense is more of a concern to me, but fantasy-wise, Mahomes will be just fine throwing to Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey. Those three remain high-end options at their respective positions, and I'd like to see more balance with Daryl Williams remains a top 15 option to keep the Giants off balance. As always, you can find our full rankings on wolfsports.com and you can use promo code GHOST for a Halloween discount on Fantasy Consigliere. Also, please rate the podcast if you haven't already and be sure to listen to our general NFL show, The Wolf Sports Show, for more NFL content. And that wraps up episode 8. Until next time, I'm Dylan Chapin and this was the Fantasy Consigliere Podcast. <laughs>